let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Hey, everybody. What? What? <laughs> I was going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. Hey, and it's the 4th of July weekend, or Independence Day weekend. When we were recording this and releasing this episode, yeah. Yeah. So, um... I always, it's super natural for me to say 4th of July, but then every time I say it, I feel a little guilty, like I should be calling it Independence Day. I don't put too much stock in it being one way or the other. Okay. Good, because I know you're like super, super patriotic and into America and love America, which is super great, but then I always feel guilty if I say the 4th of July. Well, let's, we'll talk about that, I think, later. (laughs) Okay. As you could tell from our opening line, we are going to be talking a, a little bit about patriotism and i mean the the title of the episode as you'll see is something about patriotism and nationalism Mm -hmm. and we're going to be kind of exploring that in like a christ-centered perspective kind of i guess yeah we have a couple different questions that we've received we're going to talk about uh for those of you don't know i mean we'll let emily nope before we get in there i'm so sorry we're gonna back up so before we dive into like the heavy stuff Back it up. Okay. We have two fun things happening before okay. we even dive into anything serious. I, I'm just—I am so excited to talk about he this is. topic. You guys, he is wearing a white button-up shirt with an American tie. I did have a meeting right before this, and so I was yes. in the meeting. I had to wear a but tie. But it's very so. cool that you're wearing your American Thank tie you. right now. Thank you. Okay, so our first fun thing, which we will actually wrap up with, but I want to introduce it right now, is that we decided to stop doing the Who's the Weirdo segment that we do between us. Because it was getting a little boring because we've was. said so many things. Yeah, because you guys already know us pretty well, I feel like, on the podcast, and we just had a hard time coming up with more weird things about ourselves. Right. Anyways, so we wanted to start something new, and we would, we're going to be doing a loves and less than loves. Yeah, so we're not saying hates, but right. that's kind of what we're meaning. Right, so <laughs> we'll each pick a love or a less than love about the week that we've had. Yeah. So we'll end up, we'll end the episodes with those. Right. But first. But for today, we're really excited. I'm really excited because. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to be doing a little trivia quiz for Andrew. It's an America trivia and we know that we have some listeners that are not in the United States. And don't worry, like, we're going to have this little trivia segment, but the rest of the episode applies to any country. So. Yeah, the yeah the stuff that I've been thinking about is principle-based that applies to all followers of Christ. I mean, not just followers of Christ, but all people everywhere. Patriotism versus nationalism. Right. So it's not just America. And my experience is obviously America-centric. Right. Because that's our experience. Right, that's... My the, the direction of my patriotism. <laughs> right. I have lived in other countries, and so I understand love of other countries and whatnot. And we can get into that too. But let's do this quiz. I'm a little okay. nervous because I am known as like a history geek. Oh, and, you totally are. And, I'm so excited. And so if I get one wrong, I've not seen these questions beforehand, so I, I haven't screened okay. them. Okay. Okay. Well, the oh, first gosh. few are easy. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. 
The 4th of July commemorates what historic event in the United States? The signing of the Declaration of Independence. Good job. Number two. The United States of America's originally... I totally said that wrong. The United States of America was originally made up of how many colonies? 13. Good job. The capital Did of you know the... That- Canada, though, was, like, changed from, like, a certain type of, like, was kind of a colony thing. What? And then it was changed, and uh, it's, like, rights were really, really restricted. What? And so, and that was one of the things that Thomas Jefferson wrote or complained about or, like, put as one of the sins of King George, like, in the Declaration of Independence. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. At all. Never heard that in my life. Okay, go on. Okay. Sorry. The capital of the United States is Washington, D.C. What was it originally? Philadelphia. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> okay. According to the poem by Ralph Waldo Emerson, the shot heard round the world was fired at what city? Lexington. Are you sure? It was Lexington Concord was like the oh, battle. Okay. But okay. like the first, I think it was Lexington first. Because okay. Lexington was on the way from Boston to Concord. And so Concord was where the, the munitions were held by the, by the militiamen. Wow. And Lexington was the first place that it was shot. Okay, well, I feel like I trust you, but the quiz said Concord. No. <laughs> but I feel like you know your stuff. No, I'm pretty sure. I might be wrong. I might have to go check back. But Concord was where the, mili- where the Patriots had their munitions. And, the, bo- and the, the Boston regiment of the red the red army fool of the uh the redcoats were sent to concord to take the munitions but there was a skirmish in lexington first okay go on okay number five what political party did george washington belong to none he didn't believe in political parties good job says washington agreed more with the federalists than with jefferson's democratic republicans but he didn't belong to a political party and even warned against them in his farewell address Yep. Okay, number six. I thought it was his inaugural address. He he warned against them. Well, I don't know. Maybe both. Okay. Honestly, I just took these questions from, like, Pinterest, so. (laughs) All right. Okay. What was the first state added to the original 13? Oh, man. I don't know that one. I'm going to say... Was it Ohio? Nope. Can you... Is it in the south or in the north? It's in the north. Is like, like a, I don't know. I, I don't know this one. Vermont. Oh, I was going to say Maine or Vermont. Dang it. You would have been right if you would have said Vermont. <laughs> yes, naturally. <laughs> okay. I'm a, yeah, okay. There's two more questions. Okay. Before the Star Spangled Banner, what song served as America's unofficial anthem? Yankee Doodle, Battle Hymn of the Republic, God Bless America, My Country Tis of Thee, or America the Beautiful? I don't know this one. I know there were a lot of, of songs that were very popular among the Patriots. Like if you like you watch like documentaries or if you read the writings, it talked about them just like picking up random patriotic songs mm-hmm. in public and singing them. Well, that's fun. Um, I'm going to guess... Oh, man. Battle Hymn of the Republic? No? No. My Country Tis of Thee. Yes. My Country Tis of Thee also... Which is mocking uh, God Save the King. Uh, I don't It's the same know. tune. Oh, yes. Not mocking. Mimicking. Right. But it's mocking. The very oh. end of, my, of okay. my Country Tis of Thee, it says, Great God, our King. Like, we only have one King, and mm-hmm. it's God. 
Oh, that sucks so So, much. I'm going to cry just thinking about it. Oh. Okay, it says, My country, tis of thee, also known simply as America, was written to the same melody as God Save the King. Uh, That tune was adapted in various forms after the revolution, and the words to My Country, Tis of Thee were written in 1831. It slowly gained popularity after that and was often used as an anthem until 1931, when Congress declared the Star-Spangled Banner to be the national anthem. Cool. Okay, last question. All right. In what line of stars is... Well, let me restate that question. Okay. In what line of stars in the flag is the star for Idaho? How on earth? What what Pinterest page are you getting this off of? I combined a bunch of them. Okay, the the last. Fooled you. What? There, there's no rep or there's no star that okay. represents a specific state. The did you Because <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> I just assumed that it was like all right. So Idaho is like one of the the later states to be adopted into the union, and so that if you were like numerically going to assign no, them, no star is assigned by. I didn't state. think so because yeah. there weren't even like there were there wasn't like a flag with forty six states. It was like it went from like thirty eight or to forty eight or something, and so like it wasn't like anyway. You did great. I'm frustrated. I'm a little frustrated. I would have gotten almost all of those wrong, by the way. Except for the first one. Probably. Those weren't really like Independence Day, like Revolutionary oh, like, War. Um, no. Well, some of them weren't. Yeah, some of Most them. of them were, but there was like... like the well, f- I didn't want it to be too long. Okay, you're right. bore everybody. All right. All right. Let's dive in. Okay. So, can you talk to us a little bit about the difference between patriotism and nationalism? All right. So, first off, let me start, with the, start off with a disclaimer that... Um, I may not be as smart as other people, and so I don't ever try and come to political-type discussions or any really any type of discussion with the assumption that I am, I am right. I believe I'm right, and I believe that I have figured these things out, or at least that I'm figuring them out. And that's You're prob- very open, though, to admitting that you're working on it. You're right. figuring it out. And you've changed. Like, even within our, in our five years of marriage, like, you've changed. Right. And I think, um, I'm not going to say that my like, ideas are constantly evolving. I'm just going to say that I am constantly trying to figure things out. Right. You're very open. Um, and so... What I want to do today and what I try and do every day on the podcast, honestly, is uh, kind of explore these ideas with you, uh, at least like walk you through my own mental process and then interact with Emily and and my own inner devil's advocates to try and <laughs> like figure out these things a little bit more. Okay. So this is a really loaded, complex question. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everyone approaches this question from their own bias. And so okay. um, I've had European political science professors who approach this question v- from a very different angle than most of my American political science professors and my more liberty-minded professor, American professors uh, were approach it differently than, say, my, our more centrist, statist professors approach the issue. Okay. Hopefully I'm not saying words that no one knows or understands, but... Uh, so, when I approach this issue, and you're again, you're going to get different approaches, but it... 
I think of it as a kind of like parenting or like loving other people. Like mm-hmm. when Christ tells us to love others, he doesn't tell us to love people. Um, or he tells us to love people always, regardless, right? Right. And part of that is that our, our first love is to the Savior and to principles of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And because our first love is, is that and our love for other people is built on the love for the Savior, we can look at people and love them and then also be able to say, hey, you need to do this better. Like, this is not right what you're doing. So think about it like as a parent. Like, we love you, but I'm not condoning your bad behavior. Right. Okay. And so as a parent, we, we, or as parents, we like interact with our children and we love them. And because we love them, we hold them to a higher standard than they would otherwise hold themselves. Okay. That is the opposite of what, uh, the opposite of loving someone and having your love for that person be the primary cornerstone of how you see life or how you interact with them. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because if that's the case, if your primary thing is just loving them and it's not based on some exterior principle, and I'm trying not to get too esoteric, but uh, and it's not based on some exterior principle, then you can't really justify it, justify criticizing them. or And by criticizing, I mean guiding or teaching or inspiring them to be something more than they already are. Mm-hmm. All you can do is accept them, and then acceptance and love, maybe not acceptance, but uh, acceptance in the sense that, like, oh, like, what you're doing is exactly what you should be. Mm-hmm. Okay? Settling. Let's say, okay. like, settling, them settling, and you, in your mind, saying what they are is, should be the way it is, exactly. Mm-hmm. That is a different type of love that does not help them, and in fact enables bad behavior and will end up hurting people. Okay. Okay. That is those, the, the difference between those two ways of loving is the same difference. There's the same type of differences between patriotism and nationalism. So patriotism is the love with principles, right? The love, love based on principles with existing boundaries. Okay. And the ability to say, hey, like that behavior is wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I disagree with that. Like, that's dangerous. That's going to hurt people. I still love you deeply, and I'm willing to die for you because I love you and because I want to help you be better. But that behavior is still wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas nationalism is the, I love you, you're right, everything you do is correct, hurrah, hurrah, and like, I'm willing to die for you because you are right. Not, and you maybe ignore the things that you think you could honestly think that they're doing poorly, mm-hmm. but you just choose to ignore it. Yeah, yeah. So you either choose to ignore it, or you justify it, and you say it's right because they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again, I'm trying to make this as relatable as possible for people. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners are parents, or you're in relationships. So even if you're not a parent, mm-hmm. this this principle should be kind of self evident that. With patriotism, you love your country, not because your country is perfect, not even because your country is where you would like it to be. Like, you might even think that your country is 
is awful and is horrible, but it's your desire for it to change is still motivated by a love, right? Mm-hmm. It's like trying trying to change something that trying to change something through love, even if it means you know drastic aggression. Um, that has to be done in love, which kind of goes back to our discussion we had a few weeks ago about uh, all of the racial tensions that we're seeing in, in the country right now. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever side you're on, the change you want to see in the world, even if you believe violence is necessary, which I believe violence is sometimes necessary. I'm not a pacifist. Um, I believe in the Revolutionary War, so obviously I'm not mm-hmm. for pacifism. But love needs to be at the, the center of that. And I kind of got off on a little side trail. What are we talking about? Specifically? Well, specifically, I don't know where you were going. But um, can you maybe give us an example of patriotism and nationalism in history? In history? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Show us, like, show us what it looks like that, in history. In history. Well, well, let me try and explain it a little more, and I'll try and bring in some historical examples as we go. Okay, Is perfect. Right? Yes. So, nationalism is basically tribalism, right? So think about the way you feel about your favorite football team mm-hmm. or basketball team or whatever sport you're into. Sports is a really good analogy okay. for this. Yeah, I can so, see that. So the way you feel about, um, you know, for me, it's, the, it's BYU. BYU is like my football team, and I love them to death. I, like, in the NFL, I love the Saints, because I'm from from Louisiana, so naturally I love the Saints, uh, and I naturally like in the football setting, like when you're immersed in that environment, mm-hmm. right? And you see like there's a Cowboys fan, and you're like a Saints fan. Mm-hmm. You naturally you want to like dig at them, and like there there's like this this subtle like oh my team's better than yours, and it has. I mean, in the case with the Cowboys, it does have actually to do with with the skill of the players but <laughs> um to get obviously that. i'm joking yeah. but uh the the fact that like you root for your team because it's your team right like, you may not know any of the players names right you may not know anything about the college maybe you didn't even go there but it's for some reason your team and you will root for them no matter what right and the, and there are obvious exceptions to this but for a lot of people that is uh, a form of tribalism like that is your tribe mm-hmm. and so you are for them no matter what and like when you're with just your tribe people you'll have like some inner tribal disagreements and arguments and stuff but as soon as like the the guy in the the redskins truck pulls up to the to the tailgating to the tailgate party and you're all decked out in your saints gear or your oakland raiders gear or whatever team whatever team you're on uh or team you're for you automatically feel hostility towards them. You feel like you're tight towards your people. But there's there's no value in those teams. Mm-hmm. There's no principle behind them right. for most people. And like you, not, you, could, yeah. you can get in there and be like, okay, well, the coaches, I really like this team because this coach is really great and he's awesome and I like his principles and his coaching methods and these people, these players are awesome. And mm-hmm. there are people like that. Uh, but I would argue for the most part, it's a lot of... These are my people, like, this is my team because I was born here. and Like, without reason. Yeah. Without 
Which we're not saying that doing that with sports is bad. No, because no, no, we no. do it. But but there's a problem when we're that, just using that it as an example. tribal mentality enters into the political realm. Right. And that is nationalism. Nationalism is it is voting for your team just like you vote for you know just like how you feel about your football team. Mm-hmm. And it's not just in sports because you know we feel that way. Yeah, I think patriotism can can be pro America in sports as well. Like you can want your team to win, um, but when it comes to the way we deal with politics, the way we deal with domestic politics or foreign politics, once that same mindset comes in mm-hmm. and it's purely based off of oh, I was born here, so this place is awesome, and it's it's awesome because it's awesome, and I love America. Why do I love America? Because it's America, and it's like this this circular logic. Like if you notice that your love of America or love of anything is based on a circular logic it's probably bad or it's just immature i'll say that okay yeah uh patriotism to again to use the sports example would be uh would be like say i was born in louisiana and i grew up watching the saints and i now really love watching the saints because i have followed the stories of several of their players and I was engaged in like the the policies that they're implementing on their team and the I don't know like the kind of like the more principled reasons behind it mm-hmm. and so you love them and you want your team to beat all the other teams and if they were to make poor choices you might still love them, but you would be open to loving someone else. Right. And but you're not not like like abandoning them. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But like how do I explain that? That came so, out really so bad. So you, you always love them. You always yes. love your, your team. Yeah. And it also doesn't preclude love for other teams. Like so you can still love them as people right. and still want your team to win. And yeah. so like when the Saints go up against the Cowboys, I still love I still love them as people, and I love that they're playing football because I love football, and I love that we're sharing things we're passionate about, and I don't glory when their guy gets hurt. Like, I'm not happy when they do something wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my comment came out bad, so... You're fine. You're fine. Ignore that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's the... That is the most basic way I can explain the difference. Well, I think that's a great way to explain it because I feel like I understand it more like that. Okay. And I don't even understand football. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like the fan, the fan yeah. mentality, and it, totally. it's you know we kind of talk about it in such a benign way, um, uh, you know, benign, but kind of like a humorous way. When we're talking when we compare it to sports, but it's a big deal. Like the the difference between nationalism and patriotism, I think is 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 very fine. Like it's a very fine difference. Or there's yeah. like a, um, but. It it's, leads to like, be to largely different outcomes. Right. I think a lot of it has to do with the why. So it's like the motivation behind loving a certain thing mm-hmm. instead of just loving because you do. And that I, I like how you explain the circular thing. Like if it's right. circular, it's probably just a right. little immature. And, and I would argue that uh, this is going to go back to something. I think we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But I've been wrestling with this idea of like, I hate nationalism and I've been wrestling with this idea of what role patriotism should play in my life. Cause I've always been deeply patriotic and I think all of our patriotism is tinged by nationalism at times. Uh, but the, the, 
other possibility, you know, the counterfactual, if you're not patriotic or, or nationalist, is you hate your country or you're completely apathetic and you're devoid of feeling. Right. Right. And so you have to, you're, uh, obviously it's a spectrum, but you have to be somewhere on there. Um, and I used to think that patriotism had to be an entirely intellectual thing, mm-hmm. devoid of the tribalistic nature okay. of like love of country. But the more that I watch what's going on in our country right now, again, I'm talking about the United States, the more I watch this and the more I study and the more I ponder on these things, the more I've come to believe that we are inherently social creatures and we need a sense of belonging. Yeah. Like this, we need this idea of community. Totally. Um, And I think we need to have a national sense of belonging yeah and i know that like everybody is a child of god and in that like we should feel united and brother and sister and community but i feel like sometimes that's not quite enough not that it's not enough but it's not as like close to home right if that makes sense it's a little bit like too up there it's too wide because everyone's there yeah everyone's there and i think this goes to show the what i wanted to say what i've been thinking about and i i it dispels a lie that we hear a lot or we like subconsciously or we hear remnants of it i guess or shreds of it this idea that uh being patriotic being uh, loving our country makes us less connected to the rest of the world and and throws up walls and separates Hmm. us i think that's wrong inherently Okay, why? Because um, I, I, once you said that, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever thought about that before. Mm-hmm. But you said it, and I was like, oh, I can see that. Yeah. But what do you, yeah, explain so, what you think. So, um, being a part of a small, how do I say this? If you want to be part of a bigger group, the best way to increase your value in that big group is not to only belong to that big group. It's to make tons and tons of smaller groups that are in the in the um, umbrella under the umbrella of this bigger group. Okay, wait. So, what is the big group? The world. Okay. The world. Okay. I mean, this, this is true in general. So, I'm talking about a principle. Okay. So, let's talk about um, let's talk about something that's really relatable to our listeners because we're all believers in Christ. Okay. Um, so, we've been commanded to become closer to each other as followers of christ yes now um emily and i are members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints mm-hmm. let's say we have some friends who are baptist mm-hmm. now we, i want to become closer to my baptist friends and my baptist friends hopefully are wanting to become closer to us mm-hmm. in christ right uh the argument that patriotism is bad because it makes it so we can't be part of our of the global community is the same as saying um like being a member of a certain church is bad because then we are we not- are not as united as believers in christ as a whole but i would argue yeah, that yeah i don't think that's right right because as you are committed to your individual group which is smaller than the whole your belonging in the whole and your sense of belonging and your value to the whole increases. Mm-hmm. And so as my friends go to their Baptist churches, their commitment to Christ increases. Right. Um, and even though they are in a different denomination, 
uh, and they're going to a different church, and they have some different doctrines, and they have a different lifestyles sometimes, but uh, their going to church is increasing their value, increasing their input, and making them more committed to Christ. And I am also going to, I'm going to my church, I'm coming closer to Christ. Uh, different doctrines, I, you know, sometimes we dress differently, yada yada, but we are coming closer to Christ. And so, patriotism, if done, if it's patriotism and not nationalism, you become committed to your country, and you love your country, and that helps your country be more, or be a stronger part of the whole, and helps you be a stronger part of that whole. I love that. Okay, so yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a really good point. Okay, can I bring up the flag? Yeah. Okay, so some people might argue that having symbols such as the flag or um, putting your hand on your heart or singing a national anthem or having statues would be nationalistic. Where's like where's the line with that? Is I see it as patriotic if you know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But I, I I have struggled with this one so much, and I know a lot of people are going to be surprised that I say this but I so I have loved America deeply for as long as I can remember mm-hmm. like my goal since I was a kid was to like was to be in the army and then that didn't work out because of some physical issues that came up and then I was going to be working in some other capacity in the government like political like doing something political but that didn't work out uh or the lord kind of nudged me in a different direction right uh, but I have been deeply invested in the country for, and in our history and and in everything about America for a long time. Uh, <laughs> when we had our our son, we didn't pick like cute nursery like colors or like baby animals. Like he had an America theme room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with like a ginormous George Washington poster on his wall. Yeah, as a newborn. <laughs> when I was living in Russia, and I. Anytime I saw an American flag flying, which wasn't very often, it was like when I walked by the embassy or there was a hotel that was flying an American flag or something Although like that. Although teenagers wear it all over their clothing. Yeah, but it was different. Yeah. Like when I saw, there's something different about like seeing the seeing flag. Seeing the flag, yeah. I like, there were times I literally teared up because <laughs> um, I, I deeply love America. Right. Um, and I will, I will die on that hill. That is a hill I'm willing to die on. So, <laughs> uh, just in case you're wondering, I struggled with the and i still struggle with it to some degree the ideas of of uh, the symbols of america and the way that they're used and the way i see honestly a lot of traditional republicans treating the symbols of 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 the country Hmm. um i think part of it stems from my understanding of where they come from and so i can't remember if it was wilson or if it was fdr it's one of those two, like kind of engender or they drummed up a lot of like rah rah support the troops support America America's great we are one unitedness mm-hmm. uh, in order to support the war effort okay. when we were fighting in World War One World War Two. I wish I double checked this fact before I, I'm talking about it, but one of them brought it, like kind of made that uh, a big focus. I think maybe both of them did, and that's when the American flag became so prevalent. That's when Mm. we started like mandating Pledge of Allegiance and all these other symbols. And just straight up, 
I don't like Woodrow Wilson or FDR. I think their <laughs> policies were, and again, this is, I'm not, I'm speaking from my perspective. This is not saying like, if you are a good Christian, you have to feel this no, way. No, no, That's, no, no. Yeah. This is just me working it out. Uh, and, and it's very brave of you to do that publicly, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think it's dumb to do it any other way because then you just look silly. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, what was I saying? So I, I I see these images of the United States being treated as sacred relics. Okay. Um, where people will like burn the flag, for example. Mm-hmm. And I, I I fully understand the the anger that that initiates or that uh, causes in people or that instigates and the, and the hurt and the frustration, because again, I deeply love the country, but then I see people talking about retaliating or, or like trying to ruin people's lives because they're doing these kind of things. Uh, And I, I see these as, as a, contradiction of our founding principles because again i love america not just because i love football and hot dogs and shooting guns and mm-hmm. and going hunting and all those things which i do love you know all those like traditional american things but apple pie. yeah i love apple pie. i have apple pie on my birthday every year i don't yes. have cake yeah. i have apple pie mm-hmm. uh, and i see that we are so yeah i'm devoted to the principles of America, not all of these American things. I love the American things, but I love I am devoted to the principles behind America because I deeply believe that the principles behind America were inspired of God. I'm you know in lockstep and key with with the founding fathers that all men were created equal, and they were given rights by their Creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of those rights is the right to free speech. The people have the right to uh, to voice their opinions. They have the right to do what they want with their own property, which mm-hmm. is what, you know, the pursuit of happiness, like right, right. life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That was originally, it's from uh, some, like, philosophical treaties, and uh, that phrase was originally life, liberty, and property, because the ability to own property was seen as the means to... Um, go after your happiness and to make your dreams come true. Mm -hmm. Uh, So these people who are burning flags, let's use that example, they purchase the flag and then they're burning it. And so they are (laughs) using their right to property and then they're using their right to expression. They're burning it. Uh, To me, that is more sacred. Like that right is, is sacred. The flag is a symbol of rights. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of funny, like you're burning your right yeah. to, like, to speak. <laughs> but, uh, um, and I, I think people are forgetting that. Um, and again, I don't agree with those kind of acts. Right. I don't like them. Yeah. But I'm willing to die for people. I'm willing to die for someone's right to say something that I hate. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a pretty bold stance, though. I, I, I do deeply believe that. That agency is so important not only to our domestic our domestic our our mortal um prosperity but to our eternal prosperity it is so essential to us becoming better 
and coming closer to Christ that we have to protect it. Mm-hmm. And that means protecting the right of people to disagree with us. And so for me, yeah. that is what's super important. And um, you know, that was just kind of a trivial, trivial example, but there was just this kind of hard-to-describe aura that people had begun to exhibit around the flag. Um, where like everything was like, oh, I'm just going to wear American flags, everything. Which I get. I have lots of random American flag stuff. You have a lot of flag t-shirts. I do, deeply. (laughs) Um, But a lot of these people, when you talk to them, they and you ask them like why they love America, or you see them on TV and they're talking about why they love America, it didn't have as much to do with the principles behind America. That's not everyone, obviously. But there there are a lot of people who are just like, I love America because America and America and, the, and baseball and America because of America. Mm-hmm. And it was a circular logic. And so that circular logic I was, I'm seeing now still, uh, and this kind of tribalistic approach, um, kind it worries me because the flag is becoming a flag of the American tribe and not a flag representing the principles of America. Okay. And that's, it's a very, weird nuanced issue for me and i'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out where I, right. I fall on that i do have an american flag flying in our garage mm-hmm. not flying this is like it's against the wall <laughs> it's flying um i mean you're wearing your american flag tie i am and i my way around this is actually that i i generally prefer to wear or display uh images of the symbols of the revolution <laughs> yeah and so like the like your appeal to heaven yeah and the, the don't tread on me snake the appeal to heaven the the sons of liberty stripes that's probably my favorite one i love this the sons of liberty mm-hmm. i think they're really cool <laughs> um all of these like little symbols that were part of the the founding lore of of the revolution of the country but were part of the revolution and that were famous because they had a specific symbol behind them. That's what that's what I've been going towards and away from these blind the blind love of the flag. Mm-hmm. That might be an unpopular position, but that's where I'm at. So, in order for us to be more patriotic, like truly patriotic, we need to figure out why we love the country that we live in. Mm-hmm. Figure out why we love it, figure out what we love about it, maybe what we would love to see change or mm-hmm. what potential we see that it has. Yeah, and let me... Just kind of start thinking instead of... Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite people in the whole wide world to have ever lived was Ezra Taft Benson. So he was the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints for a long time. He served as the Secretary of Agriculture under... Oh my gosh, who was that? Oh, I didn't man. know that he did that. Yeah, I don't remember. That's okay. Was it Nixon? Eisenhower. It says it right there. Eisenhower. The entire number. Yep. Yeah, there Interesting. you go. Interesting. Eisenhower, not Nixon. What am I smoking? Anyway, so he was just an awesome man. So he was a the president of our church, and he was secretary of agriculture, and he was just a awesome dude. Let me just read this paragraph from this book about him. It says. Uh, 
It says that. <laughs> yep, well, it says that. Although Elder Benson's government service came to an end in 1961, his love for his country and the principle of freedom continued. In many of his general general conference addresses, general conference is the thing that happens twice a year in our church where the leaders of the church address the entire church. Right. He referred to the United States of America as a land I love with all my heart. He also said, I cherish patriotism and love of country in all lands. Patriotism like is more than, a, than flag waving and brave words. It is how we respond to public issues. Let us rededicate ourselves as patriots in the truest sense. That's so great. So we all have, whether or not, um, you know, regardless of which country you live in, whatever system you're living in now, I think it is obvious from Scripture and from, you know, if you're an American, from the Constitution, uh, and there are other sources there that we can talk about if you're interested, that men are created with certain rights. And we give those rights to the government to secure, uh, we give some of those rights, a small amount of those rights as possible to the government to secure those other rights for us, to help protect uh, those rights that we cherish so deeply. And we have a responsibility to be engaged in the government of, not just the government, but the culture of our countries, and to be engaged in changing that culture in order to make it, uh, the culture and the government, in order to make it more in line with the will of God. And when I say that, to me, that means make it in a, make a system that makes it as likely as possible for people to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, to accept the gospel of Jesus Christ, to live the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to become better people. Or for them, and in order for them to be in a place where they can accept all of those things, they also have to be just as free to reject those things. They have to be just as free to accept any other doctrine that they want to. Uh, because in order to truly accept Christ, it has to be done, you know, voluntarily. Mm-hmm. And and you can do this, you can accept Christ in any system, any time throughout history, like that, that's true. But at the same time, when freedom reigns, the gospel of Jesus Christ is able to spread more freely. When peace reigns, so in freedom, when peace, and when there is prosperity and stability, the gospel of Jesus Christ is able to spread more easily, and people are easy, it is more, is more easy for people to live the gospel of Jesus Christ when those things are true. And the only way we can affect that change is if we are engaged in our country. And the only way to, I believe the only way to really effect change that is going to be long-lasting and beneficial is to do it from a place of love, not a place of hate. Mm -hmm. And so if you love your country, you want your country to be better because even if you are disappointed in it and deeply disappointed and horrified by the things it's doing, if you love it, you will want it to be better and be better long term and you will not be committed to revenge right or to you're b- going to be willing to help be a change right and yeah. so that's part of patriotism is that i mean I, th- th- that's probably like a caveat like christian patriotism 
I think, because it's, it is devoid. We try and remove hatred and anger from it. We can have passion, and we can be roused to, to violence even with true Christian patriotism. But it, it's, it's tempered in some way that's even different from secular patriotism. Excellent. These are a lot of um, ideas. That these are, are a lot of ideas, but I'm grateful for you and your knowledge and your ability to speak about it because I don't really know anything. Yeah. Well, Not that I don't know anything, but I don't know this topic very well. And you've studied it like your whole college career and beyond and before. Yeah, and before. <laughs> a lot before. Yeah. Um, is, there's, is there anything else we want to talk about? Because there's one thing. I just want to get up on my little hobby horse for a second. I've been on my hobby horse <laughs> my the little, whole time. The soapbox okay. the whole time. Okay. Why don't we wrap up with your thought and then we'll do our loves and less than okay. loves. Okay. So we've been talking about principles that apply broadly. And I've been using the American example because that is my experience. And that is the... Uh, the could you oh, try again? Emily's well, watch is talking. Weird. She wants me to say it all over again. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, so Amer- America has been the, the object of my patriotism. But uh, I, the principles have been, I believe, applicable to all countries. And I think Christ, has, has, Christ wants us to be patriotic and be engaged. Because it's a spectrum. You can love your country... Or you can like be patriotic, you can be a nationalist, you can be or you can be apathetic, or you can hate your country. And I don't think that I think the only real way to affect positive good change is to love your country. It's through patriotism. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. But I do want to speak to our American folk and to our other friends. Okay. If they so want, everybody. if they want to listen, yeah, we're speaking to everybody. <laughs> I want to say that I believe America holds a unique position in history, in the history of man, and in the plan of God. Not because America is devoid of any faults, or because we haven't made made mistakes, but because. Despite human weakness that has existed for thousands of years, pretty much all of humanity, America decided to depart from this idea of nationhood. Mm-hmm. Like every other country was founded on this idea that, oh, look, here's our, our group. So like we're here and like these are our people and this is our tribe and the other tribes over there and we don't like them because... They're descended from our great-great-grandfather's brother and not our great-great-grandfather. And so we're going to fight them. And then those differences are go down for millennia, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, they fought people based off of you know, who your family was. Like, you, I, I'm fighting you because you're not me. Mm-hmm. And so nations were based on this really tribal identity. Um, and then the American founding fathers did something different. They took... A country, they took a bunch of people and they said, let us make a country where we are in charge, we will be in charge of ourselves. We will not have people who are ruling over us um, in, or because of their inherent superiority to us. Right. So right. We, I mean, even in the Declaration of Independence, it talks about how, like, hey, like, we have this government that we're building. But if we start to take away your rights, like, please overthrow us. Right. Like, overthrow the government. Like, we have a right to do that. Right. 
and so they have this idea that like how unique the, is that? that yeah and like the the authority of government came from the consent of the governed right which meant that the individual was sovereign and this idea of individual sovereignty is so important to christian theology this idea that we are responsible for our sins and we are not responsible for other people's sins. That's why what Christ did was so amazing, because he came down and wasn't responsible for our sins, but he took those sins upon us anyway. And now we have to work out our salvation with him. Mm. And we, are, we don't have to pay for you know, our uncle's sins or our grand, grandfather's sins or even our father's sins or our great-great-great-grandfather's sins. We pay for our own sins. Yeah. Now, are there effects of bad behavior and of sin and oh, mistake? Of course. of course there are the effects, but we believe deeply in individual sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because that was the case, we, st- we created a country based around an idea, which meant anybody could come and be a partaker of this country and of the things it had to offer if you believed in that idea. And again, we have to remember that while there were people who were excluded from that initially, more that idea brought freedom to more people than had been experienced any time prior throughout history as like a proportion of society. And that proportion continued to grow. And yes, there were bumps and, and bruises along the way, but we... When we look at individuals, we look at them for who they are now and who they are trying to be. We don't say, you sinned once or you had a period of your life where you were awful, so you are always going to be awful. Mm-hmm. And we have to look at it in the context of, you know, like, if you, if you have a kid who's a member of a gang, who's like grown up in the gangs his whole life, that's all he's known, his whole family are members of gangs, and he, you know, commits five murders, right? He commits a bunch of murders, and he comes out of that. And then you have some, like, suburban kid who's grown up super privileged, and he starts killing people. He, starts, he kills, like, five people. Mm-hmm. You compare those two people, and yes, they both sinned, but in my mind, that kid from the gang, I have much more sympathy for him. Yeah. Because he was, like, thrust into that. and it's very sad example super sad example but the like america has done some some kind of atrocious things and i think we have to remember like we have to put that in historical context it is disingenuous to remove historical context like when it can looking. always come back from right that. and you can't look at the united states you can't compare the united states of 100 years ago to the standards oh, of today no. that just doesn't make sense right like you, that that's the standards were different back then than they are now. Um, Although, you can still say can it's I, wrong. Can I counter that though? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, if we use that example, could we also say that then we shouldn't be looking at the Declaration of Independence or like the Constitution that was written a few hundred years ago? Because it's like. I mean, I'm not agreeing with right. what I'm saying, but if you're saying that, then that would mean that, like, oh, well, it doesn't apply right now anymore. No, so I think I'm kind of convoluting a couple things. Okay. So, first, um, there is a difference between not holding someone to the, uh, like a standard, like modern day standards, mm-hmm. 
uh, and just ignoring them. Like those are two separate things. And so I'm not saying we look at something that's happened in the past and ignore it and say like, oh, that was just the past, doesn't matter. We can still say that was a real thing and we address it in the historical context. Okay. And we can say, or we can address it in the modern context as well. It's like, this was bad. This was better than average for the time period, but it was bad, mm-hmm. okay. period. Or that was worse than average for the time period. Right. But the, you, specifically with that mentality, the Declaration of Independence is uniquely powerful for its time period and in the grander scheme of things. Okay. Okay, so I just want to close with this scripture from Doctrine and Covenants. The Doctrine and Covenants is a is a book of scripture that we use in the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter Day Saints. Um, so this is the Lord speaking, and He says, "According to the laws and constitution of this people, which I have suffered to be established, and should be maintained for the rights and protection of all flesh." according to just and holy principles, that every man may act in doctrine and principle pertaining to futurity according to the moral agency which I have given unto him, that every man may be accountable for his own sins in the day of judgment. Again, we see this idea of individual responsibility and accountable, this accountability, this idea of individual sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it is not right that any man should be in bondage one to another, and for this purpose have I established the constitution of this land by the hands of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose and redeemed the land of the shedding of blood. So when this was written, this was during slavery. And so the Lord is praising the constitution, which again, this is like Independence Day is about the declaration, but it's still, it still applies, I think. So the Lord is praising the constitution for what it was designed to do and is saying it was worthy of upholding, while also condemning the country for uh, for their people still being in bondage one to another. Mm-hmm. But, he said, for this purpose have I established the constitution of this land by the hands of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose, and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. So, it's worth it. Even if we weren't doing every, even if like not everything was done perfectly at the beginning, it is an ideal to strive towards. God bless America. <laughs> okay. Amen. Amen. All right. So. Okay. So I will start with our loves and lessons. and Yes. I'm so sorry. That was a lot longer than I was expecting. That's okay. You had a lot to talk about. You could have gone on for four I'm, hours. I'm so, so sorry better. if it was jumbled. If you guys want me to talk about anything more specific at some future date, we can do that. And I can do a specific dive. But I was trying to kind of shotgun it. You did a great job. I hope so. Better than I could have ever done. Thank you. So. Thank you. Okay. So I have the less than love okay. for this week. And it is that Ruth has been a screaming banshee. Yep. And I less than love that. <laughs> she just like screams, screams bloody murder whenever things don't go her way. And it's not just like a crying scream. It's like a, I mean, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to burst your yeah. eardrums. It's like this high pitch, like. Like the terrible. moment she doesn't get what she wants. Yeah. The moment. It's a scream. Yeah. yeah. Blood curdling scream. Yeah. And it's like, I can never predict when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's like big things. Like when she has to go down for bed. Or, or little things like... She dropped her cracker. Yeah. It's like, it's getting a little bit ridiculous. But, yeah. so that's my less than love. Okay. My yeah. my love is going to be light since I was so... <laughs> okay. Since I, I talked about how much I deeply love 
the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. I read the Declaration of Independence every year for Independence Day, at least once a year, but every year on Independence Day. So that could have been my love, but I already talked about that. So my love, the thing that I love from this past week is um, Italian ice popsicle things those otter pop things yeah they're so they're like pops. they're otter pops but they're like an italian ice brand oh, or so something good. so they're just like like bourgeois like bougie is that how you would say it kind I, of funny i say bougie yeah you say bougie <laughs> bourgeois uh otter pops so like they're fancy otter pops they taste so much better they're smooth and they're really light still like you don't feel yeah. like like I don't love eating ice cream bars because I kind of feel heavy afterwards. Mm-hmm. I still I mean I, I like pops, the flavor, but Otter Pops are smaller, but they have like this. It like the ice is too crunchy and the chemical taste is too strong. And it melts weird. Like and it doesn't it melt weird. evenly. And like yeah. it melts but, like Otter Pops. Like the juice melts faster. Like the juice comes out of the ice faster than the ice melts. Right. And so, so you get like a puddle of juice at the bottom, and then like you have this ice at the top that doesn't have any flavor. Yeah. So for this 4th of July, get yourself a box of Italian Ice Pops. Italian Ice Pops, if you're listening, we would really love an endorsement. And <laughs> I doubt they're listening. I will take a box of Italian Ice Pops. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, for the 4th of July, we, or for Independence Day. Oh, real quick. I don't really care if it's which one it is, 4th of July, okay. Independence Day. I think I both of them make you think of, of America and of the okay. American principles. Independence Day is, is what I prefer. But I think there are so many there are so many other crazy hard things to care about. To care about that is not a hill I'm willing okay. to die on. Okay, good. To it's know. not even a hill I'm willing to like climb. <laughs> okay, good. <to> know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So just start thinking, and we will too, about why you love your country. Why do you love the place that you live? Yep. Let us know. And okay. if you think everything I said was wrong, you you might be right. Let me know why you think that. I will. I'll argue with you. But oh, I'm will. open to being wrong. I have changed my stances on some of these things a couple mm-hmm. times, and I'll probably do it several more times. And I've watched him do it. Yep. Yep. Anyways, if you like what you're hearing on the podcast, go ahead and leave us a rating and review. We super appreciate it. And we love to see you guys share it on Instagram also. Yep. Go be patriotic. Be engaged in your country wherever you're at. Love your country. Make it better because you love it and because you want to give people the opportunity to exercise their freedom. Yeah, go and do. All right. Bye. Keep the faith.